and welcome to the Faculty Podcast, covering the latest breakthroughs, research, news and insight delivered by the world's leading academic and industry figures. In this episode, Roger Redgate, Goldsmiths, University of London, discusses what do we mean by 20th century music, and how are we to square this with the music of a 21st century that is now nearing the end of its second decade. 20th century music covers a very large period of time, obviously it's 100 years, and probably in that period of time there's been more changes in music than there's ever been in any previous periods. Um, there are new languages which are developed, um, atonality, Schoenberg, <coughs> new uh, methods of composition through Stravinsky, rhythmic um, innovations, and then when we get to the middle of the 20th century, Boulez and Stockhausen introduce even more ways of working. So when we get into the late 20th century, um, one of the problems we have is that there are so many different musical languages. Um, prior to that, there was just the common language of tonality, and now there's as many ways of thinking and composing as there are composers. And add into that mix, there's popular music, vernacular idioms, jazz, um, which all towards the end of the 20th century became equal in a way, where one kind of music was considered to be art. Um, there was all sorts of questions raised as to whether um, popular music should be considered an art form in the same way that Beethoven's music was. So the whole issue becomes very complex about what is 20th century music. It's an impossible question to, to answer. There, isn't, there are so many kinds of music at the, at, towards the end of the 20th century in particular. There's, there's no reason that music in the 20th 21st century should be any different to the 20th century because music is a linear thing, it develops, composers don't suddenly change the way they think, I mean some do personally but generally speaking music is, is linear um, and the change of a century shouldn't really make any difference. But it's true we do tend to think of art in terms of centuries, we, we discuss you know, what happened at the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century and that was a particularly important time because music did significantly change at the beginning of the 20th century with, with composers like Schoenberg, Stravinsky. Um, but now I think it's more of a cultural change. It's to do with the perception of music and the function of music. Um, a lot of the music that was um, considered art music was um, pigeonholed as being modernism um, and was replaced by um, postmodernist thought, which was a way of criticising the values of modernism, uh, but at the same time, I think, introduced a kind of regression in listening. People um, started to listen to music in a different way. Um, they equated it with a kind of entertainment um, and saw so music as art um, suddenly changed. Um, and for me this is a kind of cultural um, disaster in a sense because the function of, I, I, when I say music, it also I'm talking about art generally, um, its function in society has changed a lot. So everybody has an iPhone or an iPod, listens to music. It always strikes me that music is one of those things that Everybody has an opinion about it, but very few people know anything about it. And so there's an awful lot of music people never get to hear um, because everybody knows what they like. Um, and it's a question of people relaxing and listening to music rather than um, thinking that music could change how we think or that music could be a kind of knowledge. Um, and that aspect, which is often associated with modernism, I think, um, is, is a serious loss in, in the perception of music. As I was saying, there's a cultural change at the end of the 20th century, which has brought about uh, a significant re-evaluation of the function of music within society. Um, and even within the rather more esoteric areas of contemporary music, there is um, a mechanism in process where certain kinds of music will attract a, a certain audience. Um, therefore, young composers think they need to write that kind of music in order to make a big career, in order to get commissions. So there are organisations, ensembles in this country, who are supporting young composers, who are writing the kind of music they think they need to write um, in order to um, build a career. 
which is a very bad state of affairs. There was a time, going back to the days of Brulej and Stockhausen, for example, where composers would fight for what they believe in. They would write the kind of music, um, they would be strongly motivated about changing music. Music is evolving and it's about being human. It's a fundamental part of, of who we are. Um, but that's not something which is, generally speaking, recognised. Um, but it really seriously needs to be addressed because music has a, a function significantly beyond entertainment. It is an art form. Um, and the cultural values are now changing in such a way that it's the market forces that are determining what kind of music is, is acceptable. Young performers and artists are playing music which is crossover music, for example. Now, there's nothing wrong with crossover music in itself, um, but I think it should be much more questioning and, and probing about what the potential of that is, rather than something which uh, invites a kind of regressive listening, as Adorno would have put it. Um, passive listening. Um, you know, as, as composers, we, we should engage with people and challenge them to think about what they're listening to and, and not to listen to it in a passive kind of way. Um, th there's a real need in society, and especially in the academic world, um, to define categories, to put labels on things, to define uh, how they function, um, how they work. Um, and I've never met an artist of any kind who, who believes in belonging to a school or, or a category or a, a line of thought. Um, as a composer, you might want to suddenly change direction. Now, I'm associated with, associated with a kind of music which is called new complexity. It's very difficult, very complex music. Tomorrow, I might want to write something very different. Um, and then the music world would find that difficult to deal with because I'm already pigeonholed as being a, a, a particular kind of composer. The, the same um, situation applied to the structuralists writers, of course, in, in France in the 60s. They were all grouped together as structuralists. None of them wanted to be called structuralists. Um, it's intellectually limiting to put labels on things. Um, I was talking about modernism earlier. Um, it, it, for me, it's become a very derogatory term. Um, it's pigeonholed music in a particular kind of way that's prevented us from um, understanding and dealing with radical forms of art because it's, we, we know what it is. It's modernism and we don't need to think about it anymore. We can put it to one side. But actually, it's, it's a much bigger issue than that, what, what artists do, how artists think, can't be simply defined in those kind of ways. It's got something much more significant to offer to society uh, than fitting into little categories. And I think it's a, a really negative thing to think of things in terms of categories in that kind of way.